Hey, welcome to the Impact Podcast by Youthopia. Join me in meeting the youth of Singapore who are making a positive impact to the world around them. Our guest for today is Christian Mark James Paul. Christian is one of the few youths with a great passion for leading our generation towards the understanding and reduction of toxic masculinity in Singapore. So he is a strong advocate for gender equality and believes that men should be included in this conversation. So hi Christian, nice to have you on the show. Tell me a bit about yourself. Yeah, hi, thank you so much for, for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Christian. Um, I I guess, I am I still a recent graduate? Um, but I graduated <laughs> in 2019. Uh, I studied anthropology and uh, looked specifically at, I think, like gender studies. But more specific than that, like masculinity and how masculinity is constructed, performed in Singapore specifically. Um, I think... Um, this interest stems from a plethora of reasons that which I think we'll get into. But yeah, I think one of the one of the main reasons is that I grew up in a single parent home. Um, it was just me and my mom, so I'm also an only child, and I really I think saw firsthand how, yeah, um, I think gender inequality really manifests, especially in the home, especially with raising children and the kind of like stress and labor that is disproportionately put on women I think especially in like a single parent home I think that really was very eye-opening for me and obviously it was only through like I guess university and my studies that I really like developed the language and vocabulary to really like talk about these things and so like yeah I guess because of that I really I think discovered the importance of men especially talking about these things and and our role in trying to shift some of these things right if 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 i my if i as an individual don't choose to change how i perform my masculinity i don't think it will ever change so i guess i see my role then as hopefully trying to role model like healthier forms of masculinity but then also hopefully um yeah my my, my role in kind of starting conversations i guess mm. I'm very excited for our conversation because gender equality is kind of my pet topic. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and it's, re it's really interesting because I feel like I can't remember the last time I had a conversation with a man about gender equality, which reflects on me. I think it, it says a lot about me. I'm not very proud of that. Um, but it's interesting that I am now sitting here with you and having a conversation about gender equality. I think... I will be first to admit that, you know, I think the conversation around like gender equality in Singapore often excludes men. So I do want to touch a bit. I think that's our focus for today's conversation, mm. right? I think a lot of times when we talk about like gender equality in Singapore, females kind of lead the conversation and men kind of find themselves excluded. I want to touch about, uh, I want to ask, I think first of all, why do you think this is so? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I think it is fair to say that oftentimes men are excluded, but at the same time, I also think it is important for us to recognize that, yeah, undeniably, I think there are a lot of men who don't necessarily feel like they should be a part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. So I think there are like two things going on here. I think at least the, I think the overarching thrust of why maybe men are not necessarily part of the conversation is that it is oftentimes framed only as like a as a female only issue mm -hmm. um and you know i i think you know i think that's fair also because you know historically 
we live in a society that privileges one gender over others, um, where women and you know other gender minorities also um, face, yeah, marginalization in, in in various ways, right? And 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 so I think then it is important that the conversation um, illuminates some of these things, which often, which inevitably means that, um, I guess you don't necessarily talk about men a lot. Mm. But I think beyond that also, um, I think because of how men are socialized, a lot of these issues don't seem very important. I think, yeah, number one, just kind of going back to privilege, you know, I think it is just kind of like a, a, um, a general phenomena that, phenomenon that, that is experienced when I guess you are privileged. You don't necessarily experience or recognize the privilege that you have right mm. because life i guess is maybe possibly easier or or yeah so then that means you don't necessarily actively have to think about your position i think a lot of times they equate like gender equality to feminism and like feminism to them is like this like loud you know um angry kinds of like performative you know like women rights kind of movements and they feel scared by that and I, I would say not even just men feel scared by that. Some women themselves like feel excluded from that element, right? But I hear what you are saying is also that it's the fact that they come from a place of privilege that they don't have to recognize that these things affect them as much as like women, for instance. And then the second thing is like that the group that they exist in, like the space they exist in, doesn't encourage them to look beyond or like outside of that, which is really interesting, right? Because I think how do we then solve that like how do we solve the first problem of like them understanding that it's not a ragey movement gender equality affects them as well and then to look outside of that little circle and like I guess like bubble that they ex exist in yeah I mean I think that is very much linked to just kind of how masculinity in general is is performed or constructed what we're socialized into um, and I think we'll probably go into right this idea of toxic masculinity and that 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 phenomena, but I guess just maybe more broadly, like conventional forms of masculinity or traditional forms of masculinity don't, I, I guess, don't necessarily teach men to be emotionally literate. Mm -hmm. And so then I think you get men who don't necessarily, I guess, who don't know how to be introspective, who don't recognize, I guess, their place and just kind of like larger society. So I then think it is important for us to, yeah, start those conversations, which is where I guess kind of like some of my work comes in, mm. in trying to organize these dialogues, get men to practice and develop vulnerability also, because I think that is, to me at least, the first step into recognizing yeah, who you are as a person, what you feel, but then also kind of all these things in relation to the people around you, to the men around you, um, to to the other people in society also. Because I think once that happens, you then recognize, okay, I'm doing this thing. Why aren't the other men around me as vulnerable? Or why aren't the men around me practicing vulnerability the same way? What can I do to change that? And I think that, yeah, that, that, that then kind of leads to a natural progression of you eventually getting to a point where you question yeah, the bigger structures, the bigger the bigger things like gender equality, gender inequality. I do want to touch now on like toxic masculinity because it's a word we've been throwing around quite a bit. Mm. And it's one of those terms that is like a bit of a buzzword, right? Yeah. The minute like, I guess people hear it, they're like, ooh, 
either you are like, oh yeah, no toxic masculinity is this, or you shut away from the conversation mm. entirely. So help me dissect it or like to, to break yeah. it down. Like what does toxic masculinity entail? Yeah, I, I think I think yeah, I, I mean I really agree that it's it's kind of become like um like this catch-all term. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which I think is I mean it is obviously useful in, in in some scenarios right it's kind of like a shorthand almost but at the same time I think it is important to kind of really understand the concept mm. and I think toxic masculinity isn't about um, it isn't about I think I think labeling certain characteristics or traits as as toxic you know there isn't I think an inherent value in, in in these different traits or different characteristics right there isn't like this dichotomy between some toxic traits and some healthy traits I think what is important to recognize is that there exists I think these these kind of list of unspoken expectations almost mm. especially put on 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 men to constantly try and achieve these very yeah unattainable expectations and then because of this constant pressure this constant search to try and achieve these 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 unattainable standards these unattainable expectations that breeds then a very unhealthy relationship because i think that creates a lot of anxiety creates a lot of you know inner turmoil and that then generates i think some practices that can be deemed that are deemed toxic Mm. so i think that's kind of what i what i guess that's kind of like yeah my spiel for like toxic masculinity because i i also recognize a lot of times people turn off when you say toxic masculinity tell me a bit more about like the examples of some of the things that you used to say that you now realize is problematic yeah yeah for sure i mean I remember as a teenager, I would also, yeah, comment on women's clothing for sure and be mm. like, oh, why are they dressed like that? You know, obviously they're gonna, they're, you know, if they're gonna go out drinking, they shouldn't be dressed like that because they're mm-hmm. definitely gonna, you know, get into trouble for sure. The victim blaming. Yeah, the victim blaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely used to do it. And I mean, I think to a great extent, uh, some of my friends still do that for sure. Yeah. Um, the people close to me also still do that. Obviously, I've recognized the problem with that because, like you said, it is victim blaming, but also, you know, like we we do this thing where we always put like women in the spotlight, right? When we're talking about sexual violence, it's about oftentimes it's it's, it's women, um, and 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 you know, it's about what women didn't do or did do, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like being like, actually, why are men? Mm-hmm. Like even even assaulting in the first place, mm-hmm. right? The focus on it being a women yeah. problem, right? Yeah. I feel like it ties back to the whole idea of like toxic masculinity because the very act of like focusing on women exclusively, right, highlights the fact that like it's a it's a learned behavior, right? It's it's yep. it's understanding or like um learning from a young age that women falls into these like roles um, of like the mother, like the daughter. This 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 focus on women then kind of also what it does is it 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 doesn't then it makes men I guess um, blameless almost right. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't actually think about like why are men why do men feel like they can you know violate women's bodies? Mm. That's not a question you you ever ask, right? Mm. I. You know, like, for example, you see these ads where they're like, if you get abused or if you get molested, report. When the ad should just be like, don't molest. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. you, you you take these things as things that are so normal. Yep. 
so inherent when actually they're not. You know, you, you. I remember, yeah, my. I always have. I had friends who, whose parents would tell like my female friends that they shouldn't dress a certain way, right? Mm. Uh, the same thing, like like what I said about. I mean, and those are the same beliefs that I had. But obviously, over the years, I realized why aren't parents actually just telling like their sons to not see women's bodies as their property or not see women's bodies as things that they can violate or, or, yep. or, or objectify, right? That should be the conversation. It's very interesting because I think like the, just just the conversation alone about like victim blaming, I think that precisely because men most of the time are not at the receiving end of the violence, right? They can quite easily remove themselves from the picture yeah. and take a more like objective, rational yep. standpoint, right? Which yep. is the privilege that you're talking about. Like yep. the whole idea of like um the men are like the rational one, um the 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 one that's not like emotional. Yeah. Um they don't yeah like I think I think there's like a disparity there that is really apparent to me and like therefore also really like frustrating in terms of like um being on the receiving end of like yeah. Toxic masculinity, I guess. Yeah. Like, if I can say that, yeah. No, for sure. I think I think what you said really goes to the heart of it, that men are trapped, that yep. men themselves... Are the victims. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, of, of toxic masculinity, of these conventional um, expectations, yep, right? Yep. I... Yeah, I have these funny anecdotes. I guess they're not really funny. Like, I mean, they're funny <laughs> in like a dark way. But like these anecdotes from a lot of my female friends who like go on like on like um, Tinder bumble dates. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a few of them have said that like, yeah, you know, upon meeting this guy for the first time, they're like, so how are you, right? And then these men will like really just like go on a spiel about like their jobs and then like their mm. relationship with their friends being very fraught and things like that. And then at the end, they'll be like, wow, I actually haven't really told anyone that before. Mm. Which is really like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, apart from, apart from it just being damn sucky for like my friends, it's also just like, what is a bit sad lah, you know, that like you haven't been able to feel comfortable enough to like tell that, you know, to arguably like your other male friends and things like that. Yeah. I think that comes from, yeah, this this idea that you cannot be vulnerable, especially to your male peers and things like that. Um. I mean, I'm I'm laughing because it definitely I has happened, right? <laughs> I end up becoming the emotional, like the napkin for yeah. like, a lot of these men, that, and and I'm like, wait, how did I find myself in this situation again? I mean, apart from that, it's also like, why haven't you? Like, I mean, like, you, you, why are you saying it to me, right? Like, maybe like this random person that you've just met for the first time or something, when yeah. you could have like you. I think probably would have like closer friends, right? Or yep, something yep, to yep. like do this these things with like you know, like yep. do it with them lah, yep. right? Um, and then it makes you question like what 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 kind of relationship are you having with your exactly. friends then? Like how come you can't why are they not a safe space for yeah. you to tell or discuss like some of these very emotional or like vulnerable feelings with, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think I mean I think beyond that also I think just that you know, emotional literacy is also like another skill that one develops mm. or one refines also as you do it more of, you know, mm. you, you do it repeatedly. And I think men especially don't have... The space. The space uh, to do that, obviously, because of expectations, right? Of like you being, you know, you having to hold these things in. So then that means you also don't actually know how to really like process your own emotions mm. you don't really know what you're feeling and oftentimes that obviously comes out in very dangerous ways where you see you know for example like i think um 
I think it was like the World Health Organization in like 2018 released a survey being like, I think three times as many men, for example, commit suicide, right? Mm. And I think you have, I, I think obviously it's it's not maybe, it's not a causal effect, but I think there is some correlation between you not necessarily understanding how to process your emotions or mm. not necessarily being able to identify or articulate it to then how it comes out in these very dangerous forms. You know, apart from obviously suicide, but also then like just physical violence and things like that also, right? And I think to curtail some of these things, it is maybe about trying to develop a healthy relationship with your own emotions, with with what you're thinking. Mm. And I and, and you know, that obviously starts from number one, trying to identify your own emotions and being like, actually, what am I feeling right mm. now? Uh, but also beyond that, I think being able to do it with your community and, you know, especially with, with men, being able to do that with your male friends and be like, yeah, I'm actually feeling this right now. Yep. What can I do? Yep. Yeah. How, how would you have that conversation? I mean, I'm a girl, so right. I mean, I hate to play into stereotypes, but like, I'm very great. I'm, we can just, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, girls can talk for hours, right? And the minute I meet like one of my good friends, it, yeah. it immediately say, how are you, babe? Like, how are you feeling today? What's the vibe, right? And then it will be a spiral five-hour conversation about yeah. like what we're feeling, um, what we're going through, how can we help you? How how does that, how would you play that out with a male friend? I think I think also, I just want to add that I have a very select few number of like male friends that I hold very close to and I don't know if this is like the norm on like how to approach conversations but I, I think that just like between me and them, like we have a very good conversation. I think how usually our conversations go is that like, I will, yeah, we just do like check-ins like, hey, like how are you? I, I, I feel like I talk to them like how I would talk to any of my female friends. I'm mm. like, how are you babe? Like, how's your day today? Yeah. What are you feelings? But then on their end, I feel like they are also very self-aware in that way. They know that they need to talk about a certain thing or like they're processing or like verbalizing these feelings or what they're going through helps them through like a difficult time. And yeah, I guess like how 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 have you had like these conversations with like your male friends? Yeah. Yeah, I I think it is really about just um to some extent it is a bit like trial and error also. Mm. You know, I've 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 been in conversations where I you know when you try and like offload um something to uh, I've been in conversations where, yeah, I've, I've tried to offload to like a male friend or whatever. And then they're, they're quite quick to be like, oh, but did you do this? Did you do that? Maybe mm. this is why this happened or whatever, right? And then it's about, I guess, also then trying to reflect back why I think maybe that's making me uncomfortable, right? And, and being like, actually, I don't really want you to to give me an answer. Like, I'm not, I don't need you to go into like solutioning mode. I just mm. need you to like maybe listen, listen and also just like, ask like more open-ended questions like okay how do you feel about what you did or how does this make you feel or whatever yeah. right and and I think it is it is kind of like that process where it's going to be a bit clunky for sure la. and also maybe I think when I first started doing it for sure it was a bit like awkward yeah you know but I think it is really about just trying to get through that and and, and really there is no to me at least I think no kind of easy way la. it is really about trial and error and really I think also being quite deliberate about it because, um, you know, because we're so socialized into not necessarily doing it, I think it is important that we be like, okay, maybe we just sit down and talk. Like, how can men and women, like, work on equality or, like, improve equality mm. together? Yeah. With with a focus on, like, toxic masculinity, I would say. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think where I'm headed is to kind of 
hear about how like we can all internally reflect right. on ourselves first. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's how I would see it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know, I, I guess my, at least with, with the things that I do and with like, for example, the dialogues I try and run, I try and get men to be a bit more introspective to get them to understand what is it that they feel, what is it that they have also internalized and where do they fit then in this larger conversation. Mm. I, I guess that is at least for me, like step one, um, I think at least with with the broader topic of gender equality, you know, I, I still... I still do believe that men should be, you know, advocates and allies and whenever they can also, yeah, you know, join in the push for these things, um, you know, you know, be available and be as present as possible for how you support these issues. But also at the same time, I think there are some things that, yeah, for example, women, I don't think should do, you mm. know going back to this idea of unpacking traditional and conventional forms of masculinity, which is why I I, 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 I think there is a lot of value, but also kind of like a this, this, this like wonderful safety also with some of these dialogues that I've had, these men only dialogues and mm. and not 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 like not like kind of like toxic ways or just like complaining about women or whatever, right? Mm. That's not that's not the, the that's not what I'm what I'm what I'm suggesting here. But what I'm suggesting is you know, having having these circles where men can be like, okay, actually, what are some of these things I've internalized? What yep. are some of these things I'm wrestling with? Yep. What are some of these things that actually don't feel very right? You know, I, I think that sort of work, I think can be done, should be done by men concurrently with then, you know, the work that women do also, because I think that that helps also with just you being like an emotionally more literate person. Yep. But then also then you like, I think just form like deeper friendships. I think yep. I've, I've had such wonderful conversations with all my male friends. I think we're much closer. Um, you know, that also helps with, with you know, me also not necessarily, like, putting all the work on, on like, females, for example, mm. this emotional work that I also have, just, like, an additional outlet to process some of these things with. And I think that's such a wonderful thing. And I, and I, and I hope at least more men can start doing that at least first before even thinking maybe more about, like, broader issues of gender equality. Mm. Yeah, but really just like being more introspective and doing that with, with your other male friends. Mm, I really like that because I think you, you provide that perspective of like men coming into this conversation. But I think how I see it is also that like as women, I think we need to, we have been like the emotional napkin, right? But yeah. I think to include men in the larger conversation of like gender equality, I think we need to be accepting and forgiving it's like kind of like for instance if I can just you know make a relevant comparison like having a conversation around like sustainability for instance with the elderly generation yeah. the elderly generation the, the, your, 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 your boomers right like telling them like yeah. oh this is how the way forward should be but also yeah. to be patient and to understand that there are some we come from different starting points and that we can't expect everybody to understand where we are coming from I think it's about having these conversations and providing the space for them to come in to be a part of that kind of conversation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we're all, I mean, we're not just kind of like one, I mean, we don't, we're not just like one identity, right? Or rather like we all hold on to like multiple facets, right? Mm. Which allow us then to be different in different spaces, but also then allow us to like take in new information, you know, and, and, and really it is about um, trying our best, like you said, like, to be patient, but also to 
to to I think try and engage them at a level that they're comfortable with, you know, to start off um, and meeting them where they're at and, and recognizing that like, yeah, you know, you, you need like, I think a variety of different forms of engagement so that people can also engage in a way that's comfortable for them, mm-hmm. right? Um, and just, yeah, so I'm, I'm also like a, a proponent of like having different, different, different things so that people can do it at their own time because we're all different, but then also understanding that, like you said, it is, it is a process. Uh, it takes time, right? I mean, like, I definitely myself have taken so long to like learn about this, right? Mm. Uh, you know, it was only through like, you know, I, I, and, I, and I also myself have, have done, you know, a lot of problematic things or have hold on to like problematic beliefs, right? But it was only because there were people around me who also, um, yeah, maybe at times challenged me, called me out, but also supported me and really, you know, put in that effort lah, to, 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 to really walk me through it. Apart from obviously me, you know, doing my own learning or whatever. But yeah, so I think then it's important for us to also you know, exhibit that kind of patience and, and tolerance uh, when yeah, as, as much as we can. I think that's really great. Um, I think it's been very nice chatting with you for the past like half an hour about toxic masculinity in Singapore and like the larger conversation around gender equality. I'm curious to know if anyone tuning in is interested in being part of the conversation, of the larger conversation, where can they approach you? Yeah, uh, yeah. If, if if you know if you're interested in talking more about these things, feel free to reach out to me. I'll try my best uh, within my capacity to to respond. You know, I also think it is important to recognize that these things are it's a constant process. Mm. So, you know, um, engage with them um, in a way that's comfortable for you, and and, and obviously do it in, in your own terms, right? You know, there's always different resources that you can can reach out to um there's like this very cool podcast <laughs> um um called something private that i think is, is very educational and it's like you know very easy to do at your own time there are also resources like aware that does like amazing work you know and they also have a lot of resources that you can just kind of passively read um but yeah i i, I think it's important to just try and your best to look out for some of these resources but like i said if 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 you're comfortable, you can reach out to me and I'll try my best to respond. Mm. Thanks a lot. I think that, I just wanted to run off by saying that I think that we did an amazing job at showing people that, you know, men and women can have a informed civil discussion around gender equality. <laughs> <laughs> so good job to us. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Christian. Thank you. Thank you. This show was brought to you by Youthopia. This project showcases everyday Singaporeans that have made an impact in our society. Have someone in mind? Nominate that person at utopia.sg forward slash impact.